the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Welcome to the Free Indeed Podcast, where we believe in freedom, reaching everyone, everywhere. Here's your host, Mike Hansen. Welcome to episode 27 of the Free Indeed Podcast. We are going to start a series here on the Free Indeed Podcast, and it's going to be, as we've done once before, based on Kirk's book, uh, for your eyes only. Now, bits and pieces of our podcast have featured Kirk uh, using some language, and specifically in our last podcast, and I was very much trying to discipline myself and not say anything because it would have uh, thrown off our conversation, although Kirk and I tend to have rabbit trail conversations anyway, and I try my best to keep us on track. But what we're going to do is start a series on, it's something called the six V's. So this is the six V's part one. And I'm going to introduce the six V's. This is straight out of Kirk's book. And I'm going to do some reading out of Kirk's book. And we're going to then have a conversation about this first V. But let me start with uh, having uh, this introduction to the six V's um, from Kirk's book for your eyes only. The six V's. The IP mistress is a friend with real benefits to his life. This causes him to grow deeply connected to her. He welcomes her into his dark, insecure places because he trusts her. He has proven herself, sorry, she has proven herself trustworthy. She does this by repeatedly giving him visualization, variety, vitality, victory, vacation, and validation. These six V's are seen in www, the abbreviation for World Wide Web that precedes web addresses, we can peek behind the curtain of the male spirit to see what makes him so loyal and committed to the IP mistress. If he consistently receives these six V's from any woman, especially without asking, his attraction will become commitment. His commitment will turn into a deep loyalty. His deep loyalty will create dependency. The IP mistress understands how powerful his sexuality is. Her six V's capture his mind, body, and soul purely through his sexuality. She doesn't provide financially, and she doesn't cook or clean for him. The only question the IP mistress asks is, how can I satisfy you sexually? So we're going to kind of go just consecutively uh, through these six Vs. Kirk's on standby here as he listens to his book again for the first time uh, as I read read these chapters here. But this is going to be the whole chapter on visualization, so you're going to get parts of his book as we go through these podcast episodes. So um, I'll do my best to read without making too many mistakes. So chapter four, visualization. The eyes are the windows to the soul, proverb. It takes approximately three to 400 milliseconds to blink your eyes. A sexually suggestive image registers in the brain in under 13 milliseconds. Men in particular are visually dominated creatures. The IP mistress knows a man better than he might know himself. She understands how he is wired and exploits that information. She always provides him with a visual buffet. This drug is consumed through the eyes. She begins by appealing to his eyes with her looks. This is where we find the dopamine spike. Since dopamine is the gas pedal of the brain, these spikes are why drugs like cocaine and meth are so addictive. Increased dopamine is also an effect of prescription medications like Adderall and Ritalin. He may be self-medicating diagnosed or undiagnosed attention deficit disorder or attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, ADD or ADHD. 
The hallmark symptoms of ADD are easily or easy distractibility, impulsivity, and sometimes, but not always, hyperactivity or excess energy. We're getting into the definition of these. These people are on the go, type A personalities, uh, thrill seekers, high energy, action-oriented, bottom line, gotta run type of people. They have lots of projects going on simultaneously. They're always scrambling. They procrastinate a lot and have trouble finishing things. Their moods can be quite unstable, going from high to low, in the bat of an eye, or for no apparent reason. They can be irritable, even rageful, especially when interrupted or when making transitions. Their memories are porous. They daydream a lot. They love high-stimulus situations. They love action and novelty. Just as this kind of problem can get in the way at work, it can also interfere with close relationships. Your girlfriend can get the wrong impression if you're constantly tuning out or going for a fast action. This is from... Uh, somebody referenced in a book called Driven to Distraction. In doing research for this book, I realized that I have had every sign of ADD for as long as I can remember. Among other challenges, I have hated not being able to focus on much, if anything. I, and I read my first book, cover to cover, only at the age of 35. The only time I felt peace within the mental chaos was when I was with the IP mistress. Unlike with most human relationships, she calmed my mental noise and never ridiculed me for my bad grades in school or for being forgetful. As a matter of fact, she made allowances for my inability to focus. When I discovered broadband internet porn, I would commonly have six to eight different browsers open at one time, all evenly spaced out on my screen with a different scene playing on each. Most of my daydreaming was about my IP mistress. Without her dopamine spikes, it was extremely difficult to get through days when the volume was high and the mental noise or when I had many things going on in my mind. Here's a quote quote from uh, Dr. Chris West. The escalation of pornography comes in just like it does with cocaine, where you escalate the dosage, chasing that first high. This is where the perversion within pornography shows up. The IP mistress spends time preparing for her encounter with your man. She has professional hair and makeup just like many brides on their wedding day. Her clothing highlights the parts of her he is most stimulated by. She wears clothes or lingerie that stimulate his visual cortex. Over time, she doesn't wear larger underwear. Uh, She might wear shoes that make her uh, legs take on a sexier shape. All this is purely for his viewing pleasure. The IP mistress never wears the same outfit twice. Her makeup never fades and almost seems as if it's reapplied without him even noticing during their first encounter. Since the IP mistress knows he is a visual creature, she has sex with him in ways that make his viewpoint, I'm sorry, that take his viewpoint into consideration. She never hesitates to show her body. She knows that he will become more visually attracted to her because she continually reveals herself to him. She is sure to show him everything that's available to him. And all you can eat restaurants have learned from her. No need to look at the menu when you can just walk up and down the buffet. She maintains she maintains eye contact whenever possible. The lights are always on. Porn is produced with the camera view as the priority. If it's not captured in the lens, it doesn't count. Porn sex normally happens in positions that do not consider the female's enjoyment. His relationship with the IP mistress creates the Pavlo. Pavlovian response. He becomes conditioned to look at all females through the lens of the porn camera. The way some women dress today makes it more difficult for him to go about this 
to go without this stimulation. Schoolgirls used to compete with popular girls in school. Now they must compete with pain, paid uh, porn actresses. Now boys as young as 10 and 11 years old are asking girls in their class for sex and sex acts. They aren't even that aren't even they say aren't considered actual sex. Sometimes the hardest place for him to be free from this cycle is in church. Women may or may not realize that they can cause a brother to stumble when with what they wear. I'm not trying to puritanize women's fashion, but many men have struggled because of the worship leader's short or tight clothing. Men's brains can lock images strongly into the deepest regions. These images can be recalled and played back on demand at any time. The sexual brain generally starts as a blank slate. If a man and woman have their first sexual experience on their wedding night, the only baseline they have is each other. In our culture, unless a young person is kept in a closet and never let out of the house, there's no way to escape seeing sexually suggestive images. Whether they are regular porn consumers or not, most men can recall their first exposure. If this exposure results in a neurological big bang, he will probably be hooked for decades, if not the rest of his life. Many men are exposed, but not hooked. I have found that if first exposure occurs after age 13, the guy is less likely to be hooked for life. His eyes should only be for the real woman in his life. So the reason why I wanted to read this uh, was because um, we're talking about what the IP mistress does for, for guys. And there is another girl, another woman in the relationship. And Kirk does a great job with kind of uh, personifying this other person in the relationship as the IP mistress. And so there are these six V's. And this first one we just read about, just, you just heard about, is about visualization. And there is nothing that this IP mistress cannot not show the man. So how do you, how did you come up with this idea of the IP mistress um, doing this you know visualization thing? Um, wow. Well, <clears throat> you know every every drug has some kind of a medium or or some kind of mode to uh, consume or to ingest, if you will. Um, whether it's a needle, a bottle, um, a pipe, a cigarette, whatever it is. And so in my mind, considering um, pornography as a, as a drug, uh, I mean, you have to start off with, well, how do you get this drug? Well, you get this drug through your eyeballs. If someone is blind, it's very hard for them to be hooked on today's type of porn. That's, you know, it's kind of a, just a little line in there. So, um, I mean, it's it's one of those things that, that – uh, I started kind of with the whole methodology of how do I ingest this drug? How do I take this thing in? And the way I take this thing in, if it's pornography, um, is, is through my eyeballs. And especially, you know, from guys. I mean, it's, you know, guys are just like that. Guys are wired like that, biologically wired like that. It's been proven um, that guys are just, generally speaking, more um, visually driven than, than women. Um, and so, so the, yeah, that's kind of where the, that's kind of where the whole notion of, uh, that first B being the, the first V being visualization, where that came from, just how do I, how do I take this drug into my body so that it can do everything that it does, uh, to, to have the impact that it does in my life. Yeah. I just highlighted the line here. Uh, this drug is consumed through the eyes mm-hmm. and you're right. If someone, if someone uh, is not able to see, 
then this is less likely to be something that's uh, um, going to be a part of their life. Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm just start laughing because uh, right now, I mean, I don't know when somebody might hear this, but like just right now, the big thing in the last several weeks was the Netflix movie Bird Box. <clears throat> and I, know I know something of that, but I don't know much about it. And the, the you know, spoiler alert, the premise is there's this monster and this monster, you never actually see it through the movie, but this monster, it takes over, it takes over your brain after you look at it just by looking at the monster. And so, and it's one of those things that it exists outside. It never, it never comes inside. But, um, so man, there could actually be a whole lot of parallels and metaphors, but, um, but when you look at this thing, it actually takes over your brain and it makes you commit suicide. And so the premise behind the movie is, <clears throat> is this lady surviving. And part of the way they survive is, you know, is that you have to wear blindfolds. Like you can't go outside without a blindfold on. And, um, and, and so, yeah, when I, you know, just now thinking like, man, this is, it is totally that it's just, it's when I look at it, man, it, it just takes over my brain. It, it absolutely takes over my brain. Just looking at this monster. Oh yeah, and some people in the movie, some people in the movie, their their description of this monster is that it's beautiful, and that everybody needs to look at it, and everybody needs to see it. I mean, man, I, I didn't even it, it didn't even ring till just now that some of the people that were affected by looking at this monster are actually obsessed with how beautiful the monster is and how other people should look at it. Um, but uh, but yeah, being able to to see the monster is the beginning of the end of having the monster impact and affect your life. But it starts through the eyes. So when it comes to visualization for you're right for us guys, it starts obviously at a very young age as boys. That's the thing is we're attracted to, to beauty. That's, that's what we're built by. God has built us to be attracted to something that's beautiful. And the, the part that the IP mistress plays, and I'm going to also back up. I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but there's a whole chapter right before all the six V's. And that is the, the mistress in the home. Uh, chapter two of your book, uh, in terms of just describing uh, why it's important for us to why it's important to personify this 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 thing because um, it is a um, it's another person in the relationship. Anyway, backing up to the visualization, um, the we are attracted to it because there's some form of beauty there, right? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. tell me where. <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. Pretty I mean, you, you can only be tempted by something you want. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, whatever it is, you know, you'll, you'll find something that, that is tempting because there's some form of beauty. I use that in kind of some kind of air quotes. But, yeah, there, there's beauty involved in that. There's an attractiveness, at least. Yeah, attractiveness. I yeah. think that's what starts it. It's that combined with, I suppose, curiosity. Uh, and yet, as you say, and I know as well, and many guys I'm sure know, that image from perhaps your first exposure to pornography, not going away. It's Never. not gone away. I can still see that Never. moment when I was I mean, whatever it's been I was. Proven. Every, you remember everything you've ever seen. Every face you see in a dream is a face you've seen somewhere else. So, But everything right. you've ever seen, your brain is, is somewhere in your memory. Yeah, so how is it then that uh, the, the, the visual aspect of pornography um, captures us guys? I mean, just because we're built that way i think it exploits and, and that's why i tell guys you know being hooked on porn you're not broken you're, you're not broken you're actually working very well you're just being exploited in the way that you work 
And I mean, there's absolutely nothing wrong with being attracted to something that is beautiful, something that is, you know, attractive to you. We're just being exploited in that. And, and, you know, it just, it, it becomes something that's overwhelming. It becomes something that, that, that takes us and, and, um, and that's where you get the perversion or pervert, meaning it just tweaks it a little bit to get it a little bit off track. It's like the one degree, you know, if you're on a ship, you know, you get one degree off track and you end up, you know, halfway around the world, you know, thousands of miles off the, the farther you go. And so it, it kind of, it, it tweaks, it perverts, um, it exploits our, our, us being visually wired as creatures. How is, uh, in, in terms of your own story, you go into this here in the chapter, uh, how is your inability to focus and focus being attention and visual, I suppose they're interrelated as well. Uh, but how was that exploited in your life then? Uh, I can give a one word answer to that. And probably every guy will know exactly what I'm talking about. The one word is squirrel. Squirrel. <laughs> Period. I mean, is you know, being able to focus, focus, squirrel, you know, and is that, you know, it, that's the dog in us, you know, I mean, you know, I'm in a dog, whatever, but that's kind of the, that's the squirrel part of us, man, of just, you know, yeah, just the distraction, just never being able to, to focus. And if you can't focus, it's really hard to be present. And if you can't be present, it's really hard to be, you know, intimate. So, um, so yeah, in terms of not being able to actually singular, be singular and in, in focus, uh, has always been, uh, and I, I'm a lot better than now. Matter of fact, I'm a lot better than now of just being able to be present, but being able to be easily distracted. And that just gave, gave me an infinite number of things to be distracted by infinite. Like I did, there's not enough time in a day to consume all there is to consume every 24 hours. There's 48 hours of content uploaded to the internet. So you'll never get to the end. And so it just, again, it exploits it. It it just drinking through the fire hose. It just floods and floods and floods and floods. And it just becomes too much. So what about then, uh, how, we've talked about this before. So what practices might there be to help with when you, when we are as visual guys, yeah. um, what practices can help us to not keep on looking? Yeah. I mean, the thing when you, you know, change the things you look at, the things you look at change. That's a quote by somebody. I don't remember who it is, but, um, you didn't put it in this uh, chapter. No, I didn't put it in there, but no, go look it up. But that's a quote by somebody. And so you have to actively and intentionally like be really, really intentional about the things that you look at. And, and you have to be, um, I mean, and you also have to give yourself some level of grace too. And, and just knowing how you're wired, knowing the, you know, knowing that I might have this tendency. I mean, I, you just have to be ridiculously intentional and just focused about just speaking, speaking of visualization, you know, about what you look at. So what are you looking at? What are you putting in front of your eyes? Well, you know, you can put some good stuff in front of your eyes. You can put a dream board up. I, right, you know, in my bedroom right now, right at the foot of my bed on that wall, the very first thing I look at when I wake up every morning is my dream board. And uh, I mean, you know, when when I, in terms of, you know, the 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 conditioning of visualization, what it does is, and I alluded it to to it a little bit there too, is that it it puts us it puts us in a state of just objectifying women and just seeing women as something to be 
consumed visually. And by default, you can't love anything you consume. So um, so I, I, I had to intentionally work on how I look at women. I mean, and, and part of that is just the further you get away from it, the further you get away from consuming, the easier it is. So, you know, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Yes. Um, but, I mean, you, once you, the further you get away from it, the easier it gets to be able to recognize and be present in the moment of, well, wait a minute, you know, I caught myself, you know, now I need to kind of refocus and reshift and give myself a grace to reshift. But you got to be present enough to do that. And, um, and it takes practice. It takes a whole lot of practice. And you got to be patient with yourself, guys. Uh, you know, we did talk about this. And, and the idea is that instead of that second or third look, because that often happens to where, you know, as you said before, there's a difference between a thought and thinking. Um, because every, not every thought, often our mind processes what we see. Um, and then the imagination can take over and then fantasies take over and that's, yeah. that's the problem. And so, yeah. uh, I mean, a, a thought is a thing. A thought is a noun right. thinking or to think is a verb, right? You can't control every thought that comes into your mind from moment to moment. Like you just can't do that. I mean, and most guys will probably, I mean, if you're on, you know, I mean, you just can't randomly, man, I'd get some of the most random thoughts just out of the blue um, and you can't control every thought that comes into your mind 24 hours a day. And guess what? You can't control every dream that you have. So, you know, you have to understand that that thought being a noun is one thing. Now, when you think on something or begin thinking about it, you take that noun and you make it a verb. And you are absolutely in control of your verbs. You're in control of your doings. And so you can catch yourself having a thought. You can catch yourself at the checkout stand or or wherever, I mean, at the mall, I mean, especially here, you know, you can't walk through the mall without yoga pants all over the place. Just period. Let's be real. Right. You can't, you can't stop yourself from having a, a, a quick thought. You can absolutely stop yourself from staring down, you know, those yoga pants in front of you as you walk down the mall, not even realizing that everybody around you can see you walking right behind her, just completely absorbed by that. But you can absolutely control that. That takes effort. It takes it takes practice. But but a thought is a noun. Thinking is the verb. You may not be able to control the noun, but you can absolutely control the verb. Yeah, I mean, we can't control what's around us, but we can control how long our eyes will linger on yeah. something. And so it's occurring to me also that um, women, one of the fundamental questions that they want to answer for their lives, uh, that they want answered for their lives, is, "Am I beautiful?" And beautiful is, I think, first a visual thing because that what is going to attract us to that that woman is going to be a form of beauty, I think, for the most part. Um, and then there's the deeper beauty as well. And the, am I beautiful is the question that most women need answered. And hopefully as just as the, we have the same question, not the same, we have a question as guys that we tend to uh, try to answer through our living, and that is am I uh, worth it? And do I have what it takes? And can we, um, get that answer from any person? No, we get it more from God more than anything. And so, uh, we are not telling a woman that she's beautiful when we're consuming her. Yeah. We're telling her that she is a a commodity and I'll, I'll even go one step deeper and say that her greatest question, her greatest question, 
by far most women. I mean, I haven't heard a, I've I've brought this up to several women and I haven't heard one from young to old, from my daughters up to just women that I know in general, it being the case. The greatest question is, am I enough? Right. Which buried in that has, am I beautiful enough? Am I smart enough? Am I pretty enough? Am I, you know, valuable enough? Am I worthy enough? Am I all of But am I enough is kind of the, one of the greatest, if not the greatest question that most women have. And probably, you know, a good portion of men too, maybe even a lot of men. Um, but, but so yeah, when, when we are, when we are consuming pornography by definition, no woman is enough. No woman can be enough. And so our wives, our spouses, our significant others, you know, they experience that because obviously if I was enough, you wouldn't be looking at that. And every single scene, every single video clip that you look at, I mean, the fact that you go on to another one indicates that the first one was not enough. I mean, and so, I mean, but the IP mistress doesn't care because she's not a living being. She doesn't have a, a soul. I mean, there may be a spirit involved in that, but she doesn't have like a soul of a, of a, of an entity of a created being kind of thing. Um, but yeah, from, from, from the woman's perspective, you know, am I enough, man? That's, and then when we make her a commodity and when we consume her, you know, there's never enough firewood. I mean, when the, you know, when the fire goes out, it's like, well, there's no more fire. Well, I need more firewood if I want more fire. As long as it's cold outside, I'm going to need more firewood. So as long as it's a commodity, a commodity will there'll never be enough because as soon as I'm out, I'm out. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. Uh, what about, um, uh, I'm trying to, I don't know how to word this. Um, if, if a guy isn't as attracted to us, uh, to his women, um, you know, the visual aspect is, is somewhat diminished if you will. I don't know how to, how to word this. And so maybe somehow the, the perfect, whatever IP mistress person out there is way more appealing for some reason. Um, whose issue is that? I mean, <laughs> that's, well, that, that's the guy's issue. Uh, again, when it comes down to, to, to porn, it's always going to be my answer. The guy's issue now, right. you know, is the, and here, here's the thing, you know, when we have intimacy, intimacy is multidimensional, right? So intimacy is, is not even just physical, I mean, it's it's all these other things too. You you can't have true intimacy. You can't have actual intimacy with pornography. You can have artificial intimacy. That's a different kind of AI. But um, you can have artificial, but you can't have true intimacy. When you have true intimacy, when you're able to experience that, which by uh, massive amounts of of consumption of pornography, you're not even able to have true intimacy because you're only consuming the one dimensional intimacy. But when you have true intimacy with the woman in your life, that true intimacy, again, there's many sides of that Rubik's cube. So, you know, it's not even just so much that she has to be fantastically ravishing, ravishingly beautiful and have all these body parts, which in porn, most of them aren't even real anyway. I mean, she doesn't have to, you know, she doesn't always have to live up to this extreme, exaggerated, unrealistic, physical, sexual bar that is not even realistic for any human. You know, she doesn't always have to live up to that because your intimacy with her, with her is deeper than that. Your intimacy with her is, is spiritual. 
you know, your ability to just be be deep with prayer with each other and just to connect on a spiritual level and to worship God together and all those kinds of things. You know, your, your intellectual intimacy where you can talk about this and that and life and philosophy and thought and opinions and all that kind of stuff. Just your emotional intimacy where you can share your hurts and your wounds and you can cry in each other's arms and it's okay. And, you know, I can just have a bad day and, and all those kinds of things. All those different levels of dimensions of intimacy are involved in true, actual intimacy. With pornography, you can't you can't experience that. So you're always looking for that next exaggerated body part. You're looking for that whatever your niche is, whatever your if it's you know this type or that type, this color hair, this body type, this race, this body size, this. And I mean, and and even then, it's it's never even enough because then it's like, well, now I need this type of person doing this type of act, and then it's like, then that's got to be more and more extreme because that doesn't even do it anymore, and and so it, it it it's it, it'll just never ever ever be enough. But when you're able to have true intimacy with whoever she is in your life, when you're able to experience that, you're able to know something that porn cannot replace, that porn can't replace true intimacy because porn can't ever love me back. Right. Porn can't ever pray with me. I get porn will never hold me when I'm having a bad day. When I'm when I'm when I'm reflecting on my childhood abuse, porn will never say, come here, let me hold you. Come here. It's OK. You're a good person. Porn will never do that. But that but when you have that that other relationship on the outside that can do that, that's the stuff that you say porn. What? Like, you know, no, man. That's when it's like, OK, do I want. Captain Crunch, or do I want one of the Matthew McConaughey steaks? Right. And the idea of something being purely visual is there's very little, if any, depth. No. There's no dimension to oh. and layers to the yeah. to the intimacy. Yeah. By default, this screen is two dimensional. Right. It's height and width. Now they can create three dimensional images on this screen nowadays with technology, but the screen is still two dimensional. The dimension that's missing is depth. Right. You can't have intimacy with no depth. So this thing will never be more than two dimensions. It'll it'll always fall short on who we are, and we're three-dimensional beings. But then there's this uh, new reality showing up, and that is virtual reality. Yeah. That's another visualization <clears throat> Again, piece, though. It's virtual. Exactly. Virtual <laughs> it's reality. Virtual. I mean, it is, it's virtual, man. It's artificial. It might be silicone or plastic or goggles or whatever. I mean, but... Is still virtual, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right. when you take off them goggles, there's still two dimensions. I mean, it's still, you know, it's still something that is, it's, it'll never, ever, ever feed you back right. meat. It'll give you sugar, carbs, but it'll never give you protein. Right. Well, and another thing in, with the visualization is the uh, lack of uh, risk as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, because there is no real depth and intimacy, which inherently involves risk yeah and vulnerability <clears throat> absolutely and and there, yeah you're right there's there's no risk there's no investment and if there's no investment there's no return right i mean you you do i invest in in you know something that i go buy i mean buying something is different than investing in something right you know if i go you know buy a, a whatever i don't know i can't think of if I go buy some new shoes, you know, okay, I bought the new shoes, and but is that an investment? Sometimes we even trick ourselves. Yeah, they're an investment because I'm going to go running, so I need some $300 shoes. 
okay, whatever. But at some point, you know, what's the return on that investment? Maybe the return on that $300 shoe investment is I get some health, whatever it is. Point being, with pornography, there is no investment. And nowadays, it's free. Right. As far as on the surface, it'll it'll cost you something at some point. Right. It'll always cost you something down the road. Um, but but at least going into it, it's absolutely free. That's like that's like when you go into one of them seminars where they say you don't have to pay anything, you know. But man, I'm gonna make you a millionaire. All you got to do is pay me thirty nine ninety nine. I'm gonna make you a millionaire. Really? Right. Really? Yeah. There's there's a cost. There, there is a cost. There's a cost. There's always a cost. Ain't nothing free. And definitely freedom ain't free. No. And so it's a longer road too. So uh, this is. Um, I think we've talked, well, we could probably talk more. Kirk and I could always talk about more and more, but we're going to kind of finish up this episode of the, of the podcast. And we're going to let you know that this is part one of uh, six parts on the six V's. And so we will go over the next few episodes and talk about the, the rest of the, uh, the rest of the V's. So if you want to know more though, and have some more depth with it, please check out Kirk's book and um, go to Amazon and get the, uh, the hard copy or the Kindle version. So, um, any way you want to finish up Kirk and let people know how you can be reached? No, but the title of the book actually came out of that section when I ended up saying that his eyes should only be for you. I mean, for your eyes only being the name of the book. I mean, for your eyes only actually happens to be an old James Bond movie. Um, that's true. But, uh, but the, the connection within the book is that his eyes should only be for you, whoever it is you are in, in his life. And so, um, and so the visualization of it all is, is wildly important in all of that. And, um, and he, whoever he is, or you, whoever you are, you know, where your eyes looking or are looking in life is, is what direction your spirit will be going in life. Yep. What you see is kind of what you're looking for and what you get is what you've been looking for. What you see is what your life is going to be. Boom. How about that? Yes. Boom. And with that, we'll finish this episode. Go to freeindeed36.com as well to get some more information if you need it. Yep. Episode 26. KirkMSamuels.com. Go see it. Go check it out. And it's episode 27, not 26. Thanks for listening to the Free Indeed podcast. Visit freeindeed36.com for more resources with deeper information and upcoming events. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery.